Welcome to Socialette, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in launching and online marketing. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a corporate dropout turned launch strategist, helping you launch your digital products simply and successfully so you can reach more people, grow your audience, and become the go-to brand in your space. Want to swipe my signature launch framework? Download my free ebook, The Complete Roadmap for a Killer Launch at stephtaylor.co forward slash roadmap. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 251. Today's episode, we're talking about something that I know a lot of you are terrified of, but that is like the absolute lifeblood of business. And that is sales. Oh, I know. It's funny because (laughs) my chest actually tightens up every time I think of having to sell something. So don't worry, I'm not going to be the one teaching you sales today in today's episode. I have the fabulous Bay Bradfield with me today to chat about sales. Bay and I met through our mastermind that we're in through the founders team. Shout out to Leanne for putting together such an amazing mastermind. And Bay is a sales coach. So she knows a thing or two about how to make sales, which, you know, in turn means make more money in your business. So in today's episode, we're chatting about why sales is so crucial for your business. We're chatting about some of the biggest mistakes that Bay sees business owners making with sales, as well as how can they, how they can fix those. And we're talking about one big mindset struggle that I know a lot of you deal with, and that is the struggle of, oh, but my audience wouldn't pay that. That's too much. Um, Bay is also sharing a bunch of her biggest tips for business owners to start making more sales. I know you guys are going to get so much out of today's episode. I got so much out. I need to go back and listen to it and take a whole bunch of notes because it was just that valuable. So let's jump into the episode. Hi, Bay. Welcome to Socialette. Thank you so much for having me, Steph. I'm so excited to be here. It's so exciting to have you here. You've been on my guest list for a while and, well, actually, probably ever since you started in our Founders Team group, which um, shout out to Leanne for putting together an amazing group of people and Bay is in my group and we've masterminded a lot of things together. So it's really good to finally have you here on the podcast. Yeah, so. So, Bay, I like I obviously know that you're a sales coach, but I would love for you to tell our listeners who don't know you, who are you, what do you do, what does a sales coach do, all of, all of the things about like, yeah, what you do in your business. Yeah, absolutely. So, being a sales coach, really all that just means is I specialize in one area of the business and that's by generating more sales. So helping people get more clients, more customers, but really understanding the journey of that because I think a lot of people think, you know, we have to sell to people. But I what I mostly work on is the psychology on how we can take someone through a process to buy so that we're never really selling to them. So that's what I do with my clients. Um, I absolutely nerd out on it. It's really cool, um, but it's so impactful for the business. And that's what I love about it because 
When you're making sales, you've got so much more opportunity in the business. You can invest in so many other areas and sales like is the the engine of that, the money that's coming in to be able to allow you to stay in business, allow you to, you know, put budgets elsewhere and, and really grow. So yeah, that's 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 what I do. My clients tend to love me because I they end up with so much more money at the end. <laughs> That's a great way to be. And I love, I love that you say that you nerd out on it because I think that's a pretty good sign that you're doing the right thing, right? Like I nerd out on launching and for me, knowing, like realizing that, oh wow, actually this is something I enjoyed reading and learning about in my spare time. That for me was the sign that I was finally on to like the right thing. So I'd love to know, like, how did you become a sales coach? Yeah, so I've been in sales most of my working life. Um, my background way, way, way back was as a hairdresser. And I remember, you know, my manager used to be like, sell retail, sell retail. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not a salesperson. I'm a hairdresser. And I was so against it. And I felt so awkward and all the things. But, you know, after that, I think I was probably about 20. I got my first sales role. Um, and again, this was back in the day before Instagram was a kind of business tool. It was like literally walking into business and business and being rejected and rejected because at that point I didn't have any sales skills and I actually didn't even know that sales skills was a thing. I thought that you go in there, you kind of talk about your product or your service, and then hopefully they'll buy, hopefully, you know, they'll be happy. Um, so I was actually really bad at it, like really bad when I was so young. Um, and I always say that because, you know, I didn't wake up great at sales. You know, it is a skill. And when you learn it, that's where, you know, things can happen. And I always say, if I was the terrible salesperson, you've got plenty of hope, <laughs> you know. So where where did you learn, like where did you first start to become interested in sales? Yeah, so it came from, you know, being so bad at the role and as a salesperson, you're based, you, you're, you're based on commission. So I had to make an income. I was like, you know, I'm not good at this, but if I want to be paid, like I have to become good at this. So I started obsessing over it. And with my hairdressing background, I really understood people. And I thought there's got to be more to this. And then as I got older and within the sales role, I was trained within the company um, on lots of different sales trainings. And, and what I understood is as my skill grew, it's really about, and I know this sounds so simple, but we make decisions in our brain. So we had to, I had to understand what is that person thinking and feeling and what do I need to say and do for them to take action to buy? So it was like, I think my skill level increased my confidence because I was like, hold on. I used to just kind of walk in and hope that something would work. Um, but then through sales training, I was like, there's actually a process. And when you follow the process, it works. <laughs> That's so funny that you say that you didn't get, you got paid on commissions and if you didn't make sales, you didn't get paid because that's kind of the reality for pretty much anyone running a business. And yet so many of us are so averse to it. I know that selling is definitely not something that comes naturally to me. I also feel that like tight little tightening of my chest when it comes to actually selling anything. And I'd, I'd love to hear it from you because you work with so many business owners in this category, but why do you think so many of us hate selling? I think it's because we feel like we're pushing something onto somebody when they don't need it or they don't want it. But I like to kind of change it a little bit and think of 
sales is serving. So as an example, one of my friends wanted to work with me when I first started my business and I was like, nope, I'm not going to work with friends. And she came back to me and said, okay, so, okay, should I work with a coach then that I don't trust and might not get me results? And I was like, oh my God, you're right. If I don't offer you my coaching, I am doing the wrong thing by you. So I think a lot of the time we're actually thinking by selling to somebody and by offering our services, we're doing the wrong thing by somebody by pushing it to them or giving them something they don't need or want. But when we flip it, it's actually doing a disservice if we don't offer it because the only reason we're offering it is because somebody has a problem and we just so happen to have the solution. And for them to get that, there's just an exchange of money. Yeah, I love that. And that has been the biggest mindset shift for me as well, because I was, I was the same. Like I was afraid of working with anyone who I was friends with because I thought like, Oh, I don't want to let them down. I'm afraid that I won't be able to deliver, won't be able to meet their expectations. And yeah, as a result, I was doing them a disservice by not taking on their work. So it's really interesting that you say that. What would you say are the biggest mistakes that you see business owners making with sales? There's a couple. I think, you know, to begin with, before actually getting the inquiry and putting themselves out, there would be much in their sales message. I think that a lot of people aren't really clear and they're selling what they do rather than the outcomes and the feelings as a result of what they offer. So, so. Yeah. So with that, what's the first thing that they can do or like, how can they start to fix that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give an example. Um, you know, if you were to meet somebody and they were to ask you, what do you do? And I was to say, I'm a coach and they're like, cool. And then that's kind of the end of the conversation. So by selling the outcome, what I would say would be if somebody was to ask me what I do, I'd say, well, I help businesses make more money or I help businesses get more clients and customers. And instantly they're going to ask me how. So they've engaged and it's going to capture their attention. So that's why firstly. So there's two questions that I would ask um, yourself on how to come up with those. And it's working out firstly, what is the outcome? So to work out this, it's ask your clients, what did you get from working with me? What did you get from, you know, um, from the experience, from as a result, how did you feel? And sometimes these things come in organically that we don't even have to ask them, but we just have to stop and listen and kind of let them in. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're selling. You're selling that rather than oh, I've got a course. It's never about the course. No one buys it's the, the outcome. course. Yes, it's always about the outcome. And it's also yeah. how will they feel as a result um, from the outcome as well. So that's the first thing that I think um, a lot of people go wrong. The second thing um, would probably be that people just aren't spending time on sales generating activities. I think that a lot of the time if someone inquires or I'm having a conversation with somebody, I ask them, how do you spend your day? How do you spend your week? And a lot of the time from their answer, I can pretty much guess how much money they're making because if we just don't spend time selling, we won't make sales. So, okay. So what is the sales generating activity then? Yeah. So in terms of generating leads, you're really kind of putting yourself out there. You really want to focus on getting visibility, but then it's also, okay, let's say you're building your social media, you're building your email list. What's going to generate sales is actually putting an offer out there or something that's going to get them to your point 
of inquiry. So if you need people to buy your course on the website, you want to be sending them to the website and giving them a reason why to go there. If you want people to jump on the phone, it's getting people on the phone. So it's actually putting yourself out there because I think a lot of people get stuck in the awareness phase. I'm just going to post on social media, but at what point are you going to say, book a call with me? You know, that's the sales generating activity. And it sounds crazy, but everyone seems to not want to do it. It is. Well, it is really scary to say, well, okay, actually I have something I'm about to sell it to you. Mm. So like I can, I can understand why people hesitate to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that I'll probably touch on um, just quickly with what, where people um, go wrong is the less you talk in sales, the better. A lot of people feel like they have to talk a lot and sell and tell the reason why and try and convince them and add the value. But sales really is going through a process and listening. Like I've got a seven-step sales call process and you don't really talk until step six. Like you're really (laughs) there. I know because I think that's the thing. Like sales isn't about us. It's about our potential client. It's about the person that's going to buy from us. So we need to allow that space and understand, but it's not just about giving them that space. It's to do with psychology. They actually need to um, say out aloud why, like it gets to a point when you let them speak, they actually sell themselves into your program or sell themselves into being a client for you because they've said it out aloud, which means they've acknowledged their problems. They've acknowledged that they want a solution. They've acknowledged why it's important that they make change. They've acknowledged all of this themselves that they get to a point of going, okay, I'll, whatever you have, I'll need because they've said it. And it's kind of really, I guess at the moment they're talking about it, right? So then all you really need to do is add a little bit of value, present, and then close the sale. But I think a lot of people talk too much and too quickly um, because they're trying to convince people to buy. Yeah, I think I've definitely made that. Well, I know I've definitely made that mistake in the past. So any any other mistakes that you see people making when it comes to sales? I would probably say another thing is that people, maybe they're getting to a point of the sale and they're letting people kind of, make the decision or close the sale for them. They're not actually asking for the sale at the end. So they might say, you know, this is what's offered. This is what's included. This is the outcome. And then that's it. They kind of. So how would you recommend to somebody that they ask for the sale? Because that is hands down the scariest part of any sales call. Absolutely. So what I like to do is, I mean, there is quite a process in your sales call. We really want to obviously um, go through the process and overcome objections throughout the call. And that's another thing. A lot of people don't want objections to come up or they try and go so fast through the sales call and think, I hope they don't say anything about the price. Like you kind of want them to say something about the price if they're hesitant, because um, one of my mentors says, um, an objection is only an objection if they bring it up. If you bring it up, it's a conversation. So we actually want to start, like, if you know there's objections, talk about them, you know, I love that. because what we want to do is we want to start isolating through the sales call. Okay. So 
have I heard everything correctly? Yes. So you're perfect with that. That's exactly what you want. Great. We've got acceptance. So we're actually categorizing at what point do people have the objection? Because if we've overcome and they've said that, yes, they want everything that's offered, which I'll go into in a little second, um, and it only comes down to price, then we know price is the objection. But if they say, oh, I'll let you know, I'll get back to you, or I might start in a month's time, that's actually an objection. So we have internal dialogue and external dialogue. So they've got that um, objection in their head, but they just haven't told you. So if you're getting people say, let me think about it, I'll let you know, there's something that is an objection. So firstly, we want to make sure that, you know, we're really clear when we're presenting what's included that, um, that that's exactly what they want. So I would present something to say, this is what's included and this is why. So a lot of the time it might be, so you get X amount of coaching calls. And the reason why I add that is, and then give them an emotional reason why. What else is included is unlimited support to me throughout this period. And why that's so important to have and why why my other clients really like it is emotional reason why. So we're going from logical brain to emotional brain. So we're adding both sides and talking to because people buy emotionally, they justify logically. So firstly, we want to make sure we're presenting that. And then what we want to do is go ask something like, so everything that I've said, is that kind of what you want? And they'll say, yeah. Is there anything else that I haven't added in? And they'll say, no. Okay, so that's perfect then. Yes. So at that point, before we've presented price, we know that they've got no objections about anything that's included. And then we want to present price. And how would you go about presenting the price? Because that's pretty scary. (laughs) Absolutely. So firstly, it's about centering yourself. Energy does exchange. So Tonality, especially when you're on call or face-to-face and communicating with people, tonality actually has a very big part of your success in the sale as well. Because if you're nervous in your voice, they'll be nervous. If you're also too excited, they might be fearful because excitement and fear actually shows up in the body in the same way. The only difference is what our message to our brain is saying, I'm scared or I'm excited, but it actually shows up in the body. So you don't want to be too excited either. Basically, I know it's literally an art. (laughs) Um, Basically, what you want to do is you just want to be calm and relaxed because if you're calm and relaxed, they're calm and relaxed. It's easy. It's just that really soft, relaxed, slow voice and they'll be calm. Make it sound easy. Yeah. Well, you know what? It is, but it's just practicing and really like getting the art of it. But the, when presenting the price, um, you really just want to say the price. Where people go wrong is go, okay, so the price is $1,000, but that includes this, this, and this, and you'll also get that. And remember when I told you about this, that'll also give you that outcome as well. But we don't need to resell somebody. So it's just the price. So we would present it like, great, so that's $1,000. And then we want to give them some time. Because what happens is we've got the internal dialogue in our head. And I want you to think about maybe you're at the shop and let's just say you're buying a bedspread and you're looking at the bedspread and you're like, in your head, you've not said any of this out aloud. You're thinking, is this color right for my room? 
do I like this print? Could I get it somewhere else? Is that price I want to pay? And then the shop assistant comes over and goes, can I help you with anything? And then you say, no, I'm just looking. And you put it down. (laughs) Guilty. (laughs) Right. And what has happened is that shop assistant has interrupted your internal dialogue, which means you need to walk away to make a decision by yourself And usually once you've walked away, you'll justify why you shouldn't have bought it. Oh, I shouldn't be spending that on that anyway. Oh, I've already got a bedspread, you know? So if we don't allow that time on the phone for somebody to have that internal dialogue, a lot of the time you'll get people saying, let me think about it. I'll get back to you. Um, You know, I don't say always convert on the phone, but you can actually reduce that by giving them that time. And I think you can really drop into the energy and then at the end just go, So would you like to go ahead? Sounds so easy when you put it like that. It sounds so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I know a lot of my listeners have this mindset block when it comes to, you know, launching a new product or service or course or whatever. And it's, it goes something along the lines of, oh, my audience wouldn't pay that much. Do you have any tips for overcoming that mindset block? Because I know it's quite a common one. Yeah, absolutely. And I always use the, okay, so I'll explain it in a couple of ways. I always first use the analogy of, um, or example of Virgin Airlines and Tiger Airways have flights at the exact same time of day to the exact same destination. And, you know, it's, it's a flight, right? but they serve different audiences. So firstly, it's market positioning. If Virgin was trying to sell their flights to Tiger Airways customers, they would also have price objections and probably think people wouldn't pay for this. So firstly, it's about positioning yourself because just if your current audience may not be willing and able to pay for what you're offering, go and find somebody who does and can. Because there's people at all price points. That's why Kmart's in business, but also Gucci is, right? Yeah. (laughs) People are in the, like, you know, from, from zero to a million, like people are looking for different price points. So it's just like, okay, are you in front of the right people who are willing and able to pay that? If you're not, then go and find them. Or it could be a matter of you're just not able to communicate the value of what you're selling. The other thing that I want to touch on is that people always have money to buy anything. It's about what fits into their top priorities that they're going to spend their money on. So a lot of people might think, okay, um, all right, I spend money on gym membership and I buy $14 bread from the health food store because it's got all (laughs) the superfoods in it, right? You know? Like that's somebody's priority. So if you can commute able to communicate why your course or why your service fits into their top priorities, they will pay for it. That's so true because I, I think back to times when I've dropped money on courses or whatever and you, you kind of just find a way to make it happen. I remember there was mm. one course that I took that was close to five grand and I didn't have that cash in my bank account at the time. So I took a PayPal working capital loan out because it just, it, you, 
you don't pay interest on it. You can borrow it against like the money that comes into your business and they lend you that money. There's always a way to make it happen. So that's such mm. a good point. I love that. Absolutely. I was actually talking to somebody the other day and they were having a call with a, you know, an inquiry call, a sales call and um, got to the end and she was like, oh, it's awkward because the price of your coaching is the price of my LA trip that I wanted to go on next month. And Ooh. when I was talking to this person, she was explaining, because, you know, I've spoken to her about, you know, trying to get into that top priorities. How can you make, um, so she's actually a business um, coach as well. And she was saying, well, you know, you could go to LA, but imagine how quick your business would go. And then you would be able to go to LA anyway, because your business has grown, right? So because you're making sales. Exactly. So it's like people will always have the priority, but is the priority going to LA right now or is the priority getting help to grow the business? So it's not necessarily like what it is. It could be accumulation of, oh, I'm going to stop paying for Netflix and then I'm going to invest in this membership. Do you know what I mean? It could be anything. <laughs> Find a friend with a Netflix account. That you can share it with. <laughs> I did not just condone that. <laughs> um, another thing that people often find like, well, I know certainly like my listeners are a little bit worried about is when that when it comes to selling, they feel really like icky and sleek, like the sleazy snake oil salesman. Do you have any tips for, I don't know, like overcoming this mindset block or how they can sell in a non-sleazy way? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up because you can absolutely not implement anything that I've already even spoke about or, you know, get on with your course if you have that fear to begin with. Like it starts there because that's what's going to help you implement everything and put yourself out there to sell. So I believe that sales isn't pushy. It isn't sleazy. I believe that salespeople choose to be pushy or they choose not to be pushy. So pushiness is a behavior and I think that sales in, you know, years and years ago, it always was pushy, but I also think that salespeople didn't have the training or the understanding of why people buy and why people don't to be able to understand any other way of selling. So I think it got a really bad rap from back then, but I believe that, um, you know, if you don't put pushiness in your behavior in your sales process, then you'll never come across as pushy. So something that you can do is I always like to go through an activity of thinking about a really bad experience you've had that you've been sold to, that you absolutely hated. You felt so awkward. And we can think of like so many of these, like you're like, oh, oh yes. <laughs> that time and that time and yesterday. Um, and then write down why you felt awkward, why you felt sold to. What did the salesperson do and say and make you feel that made you feel like that? And then what you want to do is write down a really positive experience that when you bought something and when you were sold to, you were just like, it could be in your business and you're like, I'm so glad I invested in this because my business is going to be amazing now. And or it could be something that you bought, like a dress, and you were like, I'm going to feel so good in this. They made me feel so beautiful when I bought it or whatever it might be. And you might have to dig deep for this. Like when you think about a positive sales experience, you're like, oh my God, there's a million negative ones, but you'll have to dig deep for the positive one. And then I want you to write down um, all of the behaviors that that person made you feel, because I believe that if someone made you feel good in a sales process, 
You can make someone else feel good in a sales process. You just have to mirror what they did to your audience and make sure that you draw a line between what made you feel icky and sold to, what made you feel incredible and so glad that you bought, draw the line and never do what you you know, are against and only do what you feel makes a really good sales process and experience. And so it's just coming back to taking that time to remember that there's so many times that we feel good when we buy. So you can create that as well. I love that. And that just reminded me of something that you brought up in our mastermind last night about how one of your highest values is integrity. And I'd love to know, like, how, what, what does selling with integrity mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things. I think it comes down to the ability to turn away clients as well sometimes. And I know that sounds crazy, but in business, when I feel like I'm being integrity with everything, it's, I'm never going to sell to somebody that I really don't think what I have to offer is the best next step for them. Because if I do, or let's say they need marketing help instead of sales help, then I'm actually doing the wrong thing by them. I'm not being honest. They probably could get a better result elsewhere. Um, So for me, it's really, and it comes back again to listening rather than speaking. Does this person need what I have to offer? And being really honest about what's included and not selling you know, we want to sell the outcome, but we still want to be in integrity that we can actually provide that outcome, you know? So yeah, I guess it it all comes down to don't say something because you feel like that's what's going to get somebody to buy. Say something that's real and truthful. And again, that comes down to not being pushy as well, because if you're just putting your value out there and speaking the truth of what you have to offer and what it creates, then you're staying within integrity in that place. And that never comes across as pushy. That's so good. Okay, Bay. So before we move into the wrap up questions, I have one final sales related question for you. If you could just give three, any three tips, like your top three tips for a business owner to start making more sales, what would they be? Follow up on old leads would be the number one. And the reason why is with psychology, statistically only 3% of people are ready to buy. And there is a percentage of people who actually inquire for more information. But what happens is they inquire thinking, I'm going to get more information or I've gone on the website to get more information or I'm going to do the discovery call to get more information. And we've gone on the phone thinking, oh, we're going to sign up this new client and they don't convert. And then we think, oh, they're not interested. Uh-huh. They got off the phone going, okay, I'm glad I've got all the information now. We have turned our back looking for somebody who is ready to buy rather than following up on that person because statistically and with um, psychology, some people want to be followed up and they're actually being ignored in a way because there's so much fear around the follow-up. But honestly, um, just the other day, one of my clients, um, she had such old leads like from a year ago and I was like, okay, firstly, we want to prevent that from happening. They were a new client. I was like, but let's try and reactivate some. She sent out an email that she was going to do a masterclass. So she was giving, she got nine people, um, nine people on the masterclass and converted four out of the nine. And I was like, wow, imagine if you just left them, you got four new clients from 
leads that were one year old like that's a long time as well so (laughs) even like if you actually just followed up on people that were within a month you would get so much business like the the money is in the follow-up I literally cannot I want to repeat it and scream it and (laughs) tell everybody um but it's I'm adding that to my to-do list Absolutely. The follow-up is so important. And if you do have a course that is evergreen or that people can buy straight off the website, then the follow-up is in the Facebook pixel, retargeting them as well. So that's like an automated follow-up, I guess. And that's why it works. But when we have to do it manually and reach out to somebody, we don't do it. But that's where the business happens. What What were the other two tips? The second tip would be, what is something daily that you can actually do to make a sale? So asking yourself, what is something I can do today that would generate a sale? Because fixing your website, planning, doing the things isn't going to do it. So I actually think my second tip is actually taking action. Um, and it yeah. sounds simple, but it should be like number one tip because that's the only way you're actually going to make sales. And then the third tip would be um, don't be scared, and I touched on this before, of of objection handling. Like really get comfortable with bringing it up. Get comfortable, like write yourself a list, and I'm sure you touch on this a lot as well, like what are the objections that people are going to have with, you know, your launches and, and what you're offering. It's like we need to overcome that. Um, so my third tip would probably be, yeah, getting really comfortable with objections because I think that is the, one of the biggest things holding sales conversion back as well. Yeah, for sure. And it's such a big part, like with, especially if you're launching like an online course or something, including the objections in the sales page is Mm -hmm. such a smart way to do it because it's, you know, it's it's answering those questions they might have. It's overcoming those objections before they eat. Like it's preempting them basically before they've even had the chance to say, no, I can't do it because of X, Y, Z reason. So yes. I love that. All right, Bay. So at the end of every podcast episode, I have a couple of questions I ask all my guests. And the first question would be, what advice would you give to your pre-business self? My pre-business self, that would be like knowing that I was going into business, do you mean? Yeah, like your day one of business, what advice would you give to day uh, to Bay at day one of business? Build a support network. So important. Yes, because I really struggled with that in my business early on. Um, I am really extroverted and I obviously I do have my clients, but it's so different coaching and working with clients versus just having those people there that you can like chat and just, you know, put it all out there. So that would 100% be for me, build your support group. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd probably give that same advice to myself as well. It makes mm. such a difference. What has been your biggest whoops moment in business? My biggest whoops moment. I would actually say this is a personal, um, personal slash business whoop, whoops movement, um, <laughs> would be, um, actually neglecting myself and putting my business 
first. So for a long time, I was like hustle, hustle, hustle. And then all of my health just completely depleted um, to the point I still now have to go to the doctors like every three weeks to you know get my health checked up and just make sure I'm still energized. But it actually closed my business for three months. So that's a huge whoops. Um, wow. Because with coaching, you have to be on your A game. And I wasn't able to serve my clients. So I had to make the decision that I was going to pause and close and just focus on myself getting better. So that was my biggest whoops moment because I didn't think actually going to the gym, looking after myself, eating well, making sure, you know, I'm getting enough sleep was actually going to close my business. So yes, that, that is the biggest whoops. Yeah. And I think that's something that so many of us struggle with all the time. It's like, it's this ongoing battle of, you know, do I take time for myself or do I put that time into my business or do I give that time to somebody else? I mean, like you and I don't have kids, so we don't, we don't have to worry about that. But like, imagine having to juggle all of that. Okay. Bay, what has been your biggest growth moment? My biggest growth moment has always been when I got myself a mentor always and it's not only for the sport and education but when I invest in my business it just like explodes because I take more action I take it more seriously so every time I have gotten support whether it be um, in the founders team mastermind even it's like thinking okay cool I'm surrounding myself with those people or investing in a mentor Um, it's always been the biggest because I also believe in energy in in an in a way that you know when you're stepping up into that next space and playing at a higher level you're attracting that next level opportunities that you never would have even seen available if you weren't kind of radiating out that energy I guess as well so I would probably say my biggest growth moment has been investing in a mentor because I take more action and I get like it's mind expansive just having someone there to be like what you're gonna do that times it by 10 you know? So yeah, exactly. You don't want to let them down. So you, you do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Last question. Who or what inspires you? I would probably say this is such a hard question because I'm constantly inspired by so many people in different ways. I would actually probably say I often get inspired by let me think actually I want this to be really thought through I would probably say I I mean I always go to Will Smith and there's a couple of reasons why that's so random I know but he's not in business but he's also in business but he's being myself having a personal brand he's built a personal brand. And I've listened to his story about the way he was brought up that his dad, he tells this story that his dad used to send his brothers out to the backyard and they used to lay a brick every day. And the whole intention from teaching them that as a child was that if you just lay one brick every day, you'll eventually have a wall. And he's so philosophical and, you know, he just, just the messages that underline him as a personal brand, not him in movies and his character, but he just has this, you know, 
ability, and it probably goes against me saying that I want to prioritize my health, but he also says things like, while someone else is eating, I'm working. While someone else is sleeping, I'm working. So I'm building my skill twice, 10 times as fast as other people. And he just has this ability to inspire me. And, you know, he talks a lot about self-discipline and what that means to get up and do the things that you don't want to do to be able to get the results that you want, because there's going to be things along the way that we don't want to do. And yeah, I I don't know. It's so random. I always YouTube Will Smith motivation. When I started thinking about it, I was like, there's so many people that inspire me, but who do I really, really like sit in when I need that little, like, yeah, back, let's go get it kind of feeling. That's so cool. That's probably, yeah, probably the most random answer, but also very, very cool. And I would never have, I would never have thought of him as like a motivational speaker or something, but now that you mention it, yeah, that's such a good point. Mm, That's so random. So random. <laughs> Bay, thank you so much for your time on today's podcast. And I know that, well, I'm sure that some of our listeners will be wanting to find out more about you and what you've got coming up. So yeah, I'd love to know how can they find out more about you? What's next for you? What's in the plans? Yeah. So I'm usually hanging out on Instagram. That's my place that I love to be. So um, my Instagram handle is at Bay Bradfield. And in the plans, what's coming? This year is going to be really exciting, actually. A whole new level of just, yeah, doing lots of new stuff. I do have a group mentorship coming as well called Up Level and Accelerate. So it's designed to up level your business and accelerate your sales. So I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. I just, yeah, I can't wait to get into it. And I really love that community aspect. So I'm so happy to be able to bring that to my business and talking about that energetic field of bringing people together. So that's what's happening for me. Exciting. I can't wait. Me too. Thank you so much again, Bay. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so much for having me. I've had so much fun. I could literally sit here with you for hours and talk about sales and launches and because it's so important. But thank you so much for having me. I've had such a good time.